Hi, I'm Yusuf Zin. My latest TVO Today podcast is on how a Canadian ends up in a Chinese prison, and if he's even alive. Listen and subscribe to Extradition. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. Help TVO create a better world through the power of learning. Visit TVO.org and make a tax-deductible donation today. Later this month, commuters in the GTHA will see, and some would say finally see, fare integration come fully into effect. It allows riders to transfer seamlessly among TTC, GoTransit, and other transit agencies. And it's just one of the stories that Lex Harvey is following for the Toronto Star, where she is a transportation reporter. And she joins us now. Welcome. Yeah, Thank you for having me. All right. As mentioned, one fare, or the integrated transit fare system, comes into wider effect later this month. What is it? Yeah, so it's a pretty big deal. It essentially means that commuters who are coming into Toronto using the TTC can transfer from from another municipal system without paying that double fare, as well as commuters who are using a GO train as well as the TTC can then deduct the price of the TTC from their GO train fare. All right, so let's do some examples so we can understand how it works. We'll do one that's pretty easy. Uh, Let's say we are getting on the TTC and we're transferring to the GO train at Union, and say perhaps we're going to Hamilton. Do you still have to pay for a GO ride, or what would that look like? Yes, you still have to pay for your GO ride, but that ticket will be then minus the amount that you already paid for the TTC. So you're not then paying for the TTC on top of the GO transit fare, which is obviously more expensive. All right, so for for example, at TTC, it's 335. You deduct that off of your Hamilton GO ride. Exactly. All right, how does it work, let's say, if you are in Brampton starting your trip and you are heading to Toronto? I believe in Brampton, it's $4.50 and heading into Toronto. And then does that look different on your commute back? So as far as I understand it, I think it's quite similar to if you were to ride the subway on the TTC and then get off and get on a streetcar right away where you maybe tap your presto um, or you give that transfer, but you're not paying again. So this is how it would work with other municipal systems, um, assuming that you are paying with, I believe, a credit or a debit card or with that presto card. All right. Let's talk a little bit uh, about a little more money, actually. So the province is uh, saying that riders could save $1,600 a year on average. Now, is this real savings, as in it's reducing the actual cost, or is this a subsidy from the province? So it's reducing the cost for commuters, but obviously someone has to pay for it. Um, so the province is paying that money then back to the transit sta- the transit systems which, as we know, desperately need that revenue. So I believe it's going to cost about $117 million annually is what the province is estimating for this program. All right. Is this just really good retail politics, or is this, in your eyes, a good way to subsidize transit? Obviously, this is something that, particularly here in this city, a lot of people have been waiting for. But is this perhaps the answer to subsidizing transit? I mean, I think it's a really smart idea. It's something that business organizations, uh, the Toronto Board of Trade has been advocating for this for a long time. Um, I know that TTC riders and other advocacy organizations have been advocating for this. Um, I mean, it's going to save quite a lot of money, $1,600 a year for the average commuter coming into Toronto from the GTA or other regional systems. And we need to really be incentivizing people to use transit. Obviously, our transit agencies have been struggling to recoup that ridership since the pandemic. And as we look towards a future, 
We desperately need to get uh, people off the roads in their cars. We have a really big problem with congestion in this city, as well as looking towards meeting our climate goals. A big part of that will be incentivizing people to use transit and other forms of active transportation. All right, let's talk about a specific part of this city, uh, Scarborough. Um, the long-debated subway extension is still many years away, but the RT derailed in July, forcing the issue. Do we have any updates what's happening there right now? Sure. So we have had some good news for Scarborough Transit riders, finally. Um, So the mayor has announced that her budget will fund the Scarborough busway, which has been determined as kind of the best interim solution while transit riders there wait for the subway extension. Basically, it means that they're converting the old RT route into a designated right-of-way for the bus so that it just goes a lot faster. Um, But that said, (laughs) we're still, I mean, no transit project uh, in this province goes off without a hitch. So (laughs) we're definitely still a few years away from that. They're hoping that construction will start in 2025. And we're looking at at least about two years for that. All right. And then do we have any realistic date for when commuters can expect sort of Scarborough kind of returning back to normal with with an RT? Um, so we have a subway extension that's right, being sorry, built. Yeah. yeah, so that'll look a bit different. I think that the estimated date for that now is about 2030. Um, but if, I mean, I don't want to be skeptical, uh, <laughs> when the busway is built in 2027, I've heard from commuters that that will be really helpful, um, probably saving about 10 minutes each way, which really adds up if you are transferring in between a lot of different uh, modes of, of transit. So people are really looking forward to that. Obviously, it's still quite a few years away. And at this point, I think people are upset that it wasn't put in place sooner. Um, While no one expected the RT to derail, it was already set to be decommissioned in November. And so I think fairly riders are wondering why there wasn't a better plan in place. How much of your reporting uh, involved in this kind of story actually involves... Is it aging infrastructure or is it sort of urgent need in terms of sort of the subway extension? Right. I think, I mean, I think there's a lot of things at play here. Um, The TTC has many different issues right now. One of the big problems they're facing is just this growing state of good repair backlog. Um, The RT was 10 years past its sort of best before date when it derailed, and it's definitely not the only piece of infrastructure that's in that condition. We know that the Line 2 subway trains are just a few years from that best before date, and then beyond that, that means spending more money to then keep them alive for longer to inevitably replace them. So that is a big part of it, but also I think just building transit and having um, having these routes in place for people that need it most. Is this, uh, in particular with this project, is it about money or is it bad planning? Is it sort of, what are the sort of the other challenges or obstacles here? Yeah, um, I mean, when you're talking about transit in Scarborough, this is something that politicians have debated for literally decades, what will replace this Scarborough RT. Um, at one point it was going to be an LRT, and then there was subway, and and we kind of saw the situation of successive governments coming in, pitching ideas, and then that idea getting scrapped, and essentially just ending up in the situation where we are at now, where there is nothing. Um, with the busway, I know that 
Mayor Olivia Chow came in promising to fund it, promising to provide that good alternative for Scarborough Transit riders. For a while, we weren't sure where that funding was going to come from. So a lot of my reporting was revolving around that. I know she hoped that the province might uh, foot the bill for that, but that money did come with the latest city budget. All right. As you know, we are situated here at Young and Eglinton. There are several LRT uh, light rail transit projects underway. Obviously, as we know, they don't necessarily meet uh, deadlines here. Uh, Any updates on those, also including those in the Finch area and Brampton and Mississauga? Yeah. So um, I guess starting with Brampton and Mississauga, good news. The Ford government has basically directed Metrolinx to look into Mm -hmm. expanding the forthcoming Hazel McCallion LRT into downtown Mississauga and Brampton. So that's one piece Mm -hmm. of good news for transit riders. Obviously, the Eglinton Crosstown LRT is probably the number one thing on a lot of people's (laughs) minds. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been hugely disruptive for local residents to go through so much construction. And while things seem to be progressing, we still don't have an opening date. Metrolink CEO Phil Verster has kind of repeatedly said that he has a good idea of when it's going to open, but he's not going to tell us. But he will give us that heads up three months in advance of it opening. Okay. One thing I can say is that, I guess a bit of a hint here, is in the TTC budget, they are planning that it will open in September along with the Finch LRT. But, of course, noting that those dates may change. All right. We'll write it. We'll mark it in the calendar, but we know that it might change. Yeah. All right. Uh, back in January, uh, you wrote about something, I think, will have many people surprised who take the TTC, uh, particularly TTC buses. They are being used uh, for something quite different than transit. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So I think, as we all know, we are in the midst of a incredible housing crisis. Um, we also have a very big crisis around homelessness and around a lack of capacity in our shelters. So one of the solutions that the city and the TTC have floated is that they will have these shelter buses that sit outside Spadina Station this winter. I think there's about up to six of them. Mm. Um, And the idea from the beginning was that these buses would then transport people on the subway system late at night to shelter beds. But what has really happened um, in actuality is that we don't have space in our shelters, so they have kind of served as these de facto shelters. Um, and they have heating on them, but they basically just stay still outside of the station and, and they're maybe a warm place for people to spend the night. In terms of resourcing for that, uh, my understanding is TTC operators are actually sort of the the primary people on board. Are they getting any training for, for sort of dealing with any crisis? Certainly not enough. I've spoken to TTC operators who are very compassionate and concerned about this situation. But essentially, we're seeing this broader homelessness crisis that's been thrust onto the people of the people who operate our transit system who didn't really sign up for this. Again, don't have the training. They're not social workers. They aren't equipped to respond to these types of situations. All right. Last time we had you on the program, we were talking about uh, violence on the TTC as well. Uh, this time last year, there was a growing concern about violence on the TTC. Any updates on that? I'm hoping some positive news. Yeah, I think things are are trending in the right direction. It's definitely been, um, I guess, I feel like the issue has been less in the forefront than it was at this time last year. From a data perspective, we have seen those metrics that the TTC tracks, like these violent incidents against customers, go down. 
And I know that the TTC and the city have been really focused on adding more frontline TTC customer service type staff to the system. That's something that Ryder said makes them feel a lot more comfortable. But I think beyond that, when we looked at the issue of violence last year, one of the big things that we spoke about were just all of these underlying social issues in the city. So, you know, be it the housing crisis, be it the lack of support for people struggling with mental health crises, be it the affordability crises. And I would say that those things all still very much exist. All right, we have about a minute left. I do want to ask you a question. I don't know if it's just me. Okay, you know, I'll admit, it's not just me. I hear this from my colleagues, I hear this from friends, but it feels like the TTC is slowing down. What is the holdup? It is not in your head. <laughs> <laughs> Having written line one to get to the TVO studio this morning, it is very slow. Um, so the TTC is operating these reduced speed zones right now, which are taking up a lot of line one. And also there's a couple areas of line two that are uh, under this protocol, which essentially means the trains are moving about half as fast as they would be under normal conditions. The reason for this, I'm told, is that they conducted this track review and found there were areas in need of repairs. And in, in order to ease the stress on the tracks while they work to fix these things, they are having the trains run more slowly. All right. So... Maybe a bit disconcerting. I'm told this is regular, but the impact is huge, of course, because not only is your train running slower, but if you have multiple subways running at this reduced speed, it does create kind of a backlog, which is probably why it's taking so long to get around. I was going to say, I'm sure commuters are unfortunately used to some of these uh, disruptions, but a lot of great updates and great news on the way. So thank you so much, Lex. Thank you for having me. The Agenda with Steve Pakin is made possible through generous philanthropic contributions from viewers like you. Thank you for supporting TVO's journalism.